0: What's going on, everybody? It's Mr. Bacon. Uh, sorry about uh, having a quiet week last week. I just uh, wasn't—I well, wasn't feeling good uh, last week, so uh, I decided to not just come out and talk, just to talk. Um, but there's been some recent events that we should talk about now. Um, I, I think everybody kind of knew what was coming at the end of the week last week. Um, with, with, with Governor Walls, um, foregoing the rest of the school year, uh, for distance learning. Um, and I think that everybody has a different reaction to that, but I think that a lot of people are more upset than they anticipated they would be. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I know that some people are devastated, and that's okay. I mean, uh every relationship is unique not 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 just between people every student's relationship with school is unique as well so there's not two students in the school that have the same feelings about this I mean they might be similar but nobody has identical feelings about this feelings and relationships are like snowflakes right it's just, they're, they're all different in some capacity. So, um, you, you know, everybody's feeling differently and, uh, that's okay. But, um, I knew last week that this was going to be coming. So I went back, um, to some of the books that I have read. Um, and, and I, I, I learned, I went back to some of the things that I have learned about grief. Cause I knew that grief was an emotion that we all would be feeling pretty heavily, um, about this school thing. And also, I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic, um, grief, grief had become popular. Um, so I turned back to James and Friedman, a couple of authors that, uh, wrote a book about grieving and the grieving process and some of the misconceptions in our uh, society today. And, uh, I'll talk about those and what I know about grief, um, Grief is awesome, but uh, not in the extent that you, while you're grieving it's fun or anything like that. It's um, it's miserable. Grief is absolutely, far and away, the strongest emotion that we feel. Uh, it does not matter how tough you are. It does not matter who you are. Grief can bring anybody to their knees in seconds. Uh, grief changes lives, and uh, it's the emotion that uh, we handle hands down the worst as a society um it is it's just there's so many misconceptions and it's not the fault of anybody that teaches us how to handle grief it's just it's just um as a society we've got this one wrong and so um i will i will help um or I, i will do what i can to to help uh Bring some clarity to these situations. Now it's important to note, and I, I need you to know this, and I need this to be understood fully. I'm not calling out anybody's parents. I'm not calling out the way that anybody was raised. I'm not calling out the society that we live in. I'm just simply talking about the things that I have learned um and things that I have seen to prove to be effective as my in my you know years as a social worker um also I recently uh as in like within probably the past half hour just finished up a 10 mile run and uh you know, that, that can affect the chemical makeup of your brain. So if I get emotional, uh, more emotional than you would anticipate somebody should be, that's why. Oh, and also I'm eating my lunch. Um, so grief. The six misconceptions about grief, uh, as identified by uh, the authors uh, James and Friedman, are just simple things that we learned growing up um number one don't feel bad and i think that that's like everybody's first um the first thing that everybody learns about grief almost because let's say you're you're having an ice cream cone you know you're four or five years old you have an ice cream cone and uh you drop it on the ground and it's gone now and you are ticked you wanted to have some ice cream understandably so the first thing you're going to hear somebody say is don't feel bad and to me um and this is just kind of my personal opinion on it um at least when I talk to my nieces and nephews and I say things like don't feel bad it's a it's a selfish thing because I don't want to watch them feel bad that that hurts me personally so I think as parents our our initial reaction I mean these our children uh are people that we love more than i mean we can't even i mean i mean i'm not a parent so i guess i don't understand that but my nieces and my nephews and just the people i care about i tell them not to feel bad because i don't want to watch you feel bad that makes me feel bad so um when we say things like don't feel bad that's that's a lesson that we learn as kids so now it's like oh okay i I shouldn't feel that like there's something there's something wrong if i feel bad um and that's it's not true like in a situation like this, you have every right to feel bad. Uh, it's okay to feel bad. It's understandable to feel bad. And it, it, who knows how long you're going to be feeling bad. There's no set amount of time, uh, where it's like, okay, you, you, you can feel bad for this amount of time. But then after that, it's, it's ridiculous. No, because these are, these are unique situations. Like I said, every, every situation is, is, uh, unique and it's, it's all about you and how you're feeling. So don't, um, don't, don't feel bad about feeling bad, if that makes sense. And, and, and don't think that you need to feel feel better by a certain time. Um, allow yourself to really um, process through these emotions and, 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 and kind of complete some of these emotions and uh, your connections. Uh, number two, the second misconception. Uh, replace the loss. Now, this comes from um, you drop that ice cream cone. What's going to happen? You're going to get another ice cream cone, right? Or, you know, your dog dies and you're feeling bad for days. Um, and ultimately, you know, most families are going to say, hey, we'll get another dog. Um, now, the ice cream cone, that might make you feel better, right? Like a second ice cream cone. Let's say you drop a vanilla ice cream cone. If they replace it with a vanilla ice cream cone, that's, that's fine. Because, you know, it's the same thing. But that relationship with your dog, it, it's, it's never the same with the second dog. It can be great. You can have a great, loving relationship with a second dog, but it never truly replaces that initial relationship, right? And so it's kind of, I, I mean, you still have to go through the healing process and the grieving process and the completion of the relationship and the emotions of the first dog. Um, and that's why this is such a dangerous one. Because if you're taught to just replace losses in your life, I mean many of you i'll take it there i've seen uh, hundreds of high school students do this in my time. Uh, you get up a relationship and you jump into another one and, and you never fully um, process the the emotions of, of losing the first relationship and, and it happens in the adult world too i shouldn't just pick on uh, high schoolers, but um, that it's a really dangerous thing because we have to allow ourselves to complete these, these processes, uh, these, these emotions. Uh, and so just re- replacing a loss, like now we find ourselves in a situation where how do we replace this? How do you replace the end of your senior year? How do you replace, um, an entire, uh, you know, six months at home or, or whatever? Like these, this is something that's irreplaceable. And so these are tools that we've been taught that will work, to, to help with grief, and we can't use them right now, so uh, I, I think as opposed to replacing um, losses, it's it's best to first, I mean, I'm not saying that it's, <laughs> I'm not saying if your dog dies, don't go out and buy another one, because you should, they're great, dogs are great, I love them more than anything in the world, uh, but you definitely still need to um, allow yourself to, to finish those relationships to to close them. Right. And it's not, it doesn't necessarily end when that dog dies. Um, there's a grieving process that you have to go through. Number three, uh, the the third misconception is to grieve alone. And this one, um, I I think again, it's another selfish one. Um, we learn to grieve alone because it's like, oh, uh, if you're crying, you know, you go, go to your room. Or um, you know, your your mother's crying right now, just give her some time alone. Give her give her some time alone. Give uh you know. And I think it's it's something that we do because it's easier to just say that we need time alone or that somebody needs time alone than to actually talk to them about how they're feeling. Um Or or, you know, it's easier to say that you need to go cry alone than to to sit there and watch you be sad. Um But really as human beings Time alone doesn't do us like a whole lot of good. I I, I think uh, there's certain different types of personalities, and and some people literally never need time alone. Um, but most people do need some time alone, and it is good. And uh, and don't get me wrong, that that's that's not what I'm saying. But when it comes to the grieving process, you'll find yourself trying to isolate because not. A lot of your friends and and family don't know how to to grieve either, right? So you know, a lot of the the advice and things that you get, they aren't helpful. So so we do just try to work things through some of the things alone, just to not be a burden to other people. Um, but that's a really harmful idea too, because when you're at your lowest moments, you shouldn't consider yourself to be a burden. Uh, it, it's not if you fell down and broke your leg and you needed to heal your leg do you need to do that alone um no or if you were diagnosed with um you know an illness god forbid like are you gonna go through that process alone no like the only thing that we really isolate for is those mental uh things and it's probably what we need people for the most. So it's it's a really dangerous idea of of, of the, the grieving alone idea. So don't do that in these times. Lean lean on your family members. You I know you've got time alone at home. Or I know you got time with your family at home. Um you know, spend time with your family. Uh talk talk to people about the the emotions and if they get fed up with you talking about it all the time, to say, Hey look, this is just what I need from you right now. I'm sorry. Um if I'm annoying you, and, you know, uh, but this is this is a really hard thing for me, and this is just what I need from you. Um, and hopefully they understand that. The fourth misconception is to give it time, which is another ridiculous one. Um, and I'm guilty of it, too. I've said this to students. I've said, well, just give it time. Like, time heals everything. And it's actually not true. Um, if you think about it, if you broke your leg, we'll go with that one again. If you break a bone, what if you went to the doctor and the doctor was like, oh yeah, I just, you know, give it time. I mean, yeah, ultimately your bones are going to heal together again, but what if it's incorrect or like, you know, you're not going to be able to walk still, so you're still going to need a cast and different things. I mean, our our mind is the only thing that we think we, we can just give time and it will will heal and that's not true Uh um, it, it appears that it heals over time because of the things that we do but um if you just continue to go about it the wrong ways it does not matter how how much time you take it, it's not going to be uh effective um so yes i i do believe that over time uh, your mind gets stronger, kind of like, um, you, you know, we put our muscles through um, through strain to try to build them. And that's, you know, weightlifting and strength training, different things like that, running. And I think that our mind does that too. As we have hard things that go on, our, our mind will get stronger. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's just going to solve our problems. The fifth dangerous um, misconception is to be strong for others and this one kind of comes from like as you're getting older now and maybe you have little siblings and let's say that dog dies again or whatever and your parents say well you know be strong for your little sibling and I I mean there is an element of that but I, I think that one should be altered just a little bit to like be understanding for others i think that's the most helpful thing that you can do you don't have to be strong for anybody but if you could be understanding for somebody i think that's a lot more um powerful Uh, and so it's harmful to think that we have to be strong for other people like you don't have to be anything for anybody and um I think being there for somebody and being authentic for somebody is a lot more powerful than being strong for somebody like so let's say you have a friend who goes through this this, this great loss um, you know we'll, we'll, we'll take it to the ultimate let's say they lose a parent uh, and, and you had a great relationship with the parent as well and you don't allow yourself to feel sad because you need to be strong for that friend um, and, and now that's harmful towards you like because those are emotions that you have to process as well and uh, there might even be something healing uh, in talking to your friend about how it's affecting you too for both of you like um so don't don't mask those emotions for other people uh be understanding for others don't don't hide your emotions from others the sixth uh, misconception uh the last one is to keep busy in, in times of um, grief, and that's that one can be harmful. Uh, now, now let's go back to the broken leg one, right? Is that going to do anything to help bro- solve a, a broken leg? Keeping busy, like it, it's not going to help you um, ultimately finish the, this process in your brain, but but it will um, distract you from it. But if you're not ultimately like a busy person before your grief process, then becoming busy while grieving can actually cause you more stress because now you have the stress of being busy and the, you know, the grief uh, on top of that. And I know that the, this is a common coping mechanism. A lot of people, when they start coping and they, and they, they start going through something like this, they'll... Just start. They'll say yes to everything, and they'll throw their themselves at everything, um, as a you know, just to try to keep themselves from having to feel emotions. And um, I think that that's important to watch for in your friends, and say, hey, it's it's okay to take time off, and it's okay to um, to, to feel your feelings, and not um, you know just just avoid them uh, until the cows come home because that's that's a, that's another harmful thing. Um so just to recap, allow yourself to feel those feelings. Uh take time out of each day to 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 feel those feelings. And it does not uh there's no set amount of time where it's like, hey, you you are upset about your school year being you know altered to an unrecognizable state, like this is like unprecedented. I'm Un- sorry. I said unprecedented um, <clears throat> that's a, I shouldn't have said that uh, unprecedented um, state this has never been seen before you know and so yeah you have every right to, to be angry you have every right to, to grief the loss of the relationships that you've had in school uh, and you have you have every right to um, feel all the emotions that you're feeling and you don't have to do it alone there's no set time frame, uh, just allow yourself to, to go through it, um, and I, I'm sorry, again, from the bottom of my heart, I, I there's, a, a, anything that I can do to help, uh, I would love to help, um, I, I've, personally, um, I, I'm doing okay with it now, last week I had a really hard week, I just didn't have the motivation, I, it was hard for me, I'll admit, um, just my job and, and, and school and all of the students and people I work with in our community, it means more to me than anything, and, um, it's just hard to still feel that connection, um, but there's been some things that have happened, um recently that uh, I'm hopeful for I'm excited about Um, I would like to congratulate um, our our new principal Um, our superintendent Barb Duffin has has recommended to the school board um, a a new principal Uh, you all know him he was our assistant principal and I I'm, I couldn't be more excited for him to be our, our principal uh, in in the future. I mean, he's Mr. Han is um, a wonderful man. He's easy to work with for me, uh, all the adults in the building, uh, students, and I think uh, he's going to represent our school exactly how we want to be represented and how we need to be represented. Um, yeah i'm gonna miss miss nickleby as we've talked about um but i'm excited for what the future is going to bring i'm going to try to bring mr han onto the podcast soon and talk to him about um you know being the principal and how he feels about it and i mean i'm sure i know he's excited i've talked with him about it um outside of you know the podcast but uh, i i, I want to hear his message to you the students, and, uh, and uh, you know, I know that these are trying times, but, um, you know, it's an uplifting message, because I know there's a lot of students that are going to be very excited about this news. Um. Oof, what a groovy transition. I love that one. Um, in closing. No pun intended. because um, this, this episode is kind of talking about closure and uh, its importance. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change direction. Well, not change direction. It's not the same uh, direction. But I'm, I'm going to change, um... My, uh, I'm talking strictly to the seniors, the class of 2020. From the bottom of my heart, I am so sorry um, that this is how our school year has now ended. Uh, I, can't, I can't sit here and tell you that I know how you're feeling. I can't sit here. Um, uh, you, you know, I, I, I can't even offer like great advice, because I, I've, this is just such an odd time. Um, the best I can do is tell you that I'm thinking about you. You're on my mind. I love you all, and I care about you so much. I, please, do not hesitate to reach out to me if there's anything that I can do to help with anything that's going on in your life, um, especially the closure piece of school, like, if you need some, if there's anything that I can do to help bring closure to, um, your school experience at Matamita High School, please reach out, and if, I mean, just tell me what I tell me what you need, to to feel closure, even if I'm not involved, and let me see if I can make it happen. I mean, I have some pull around there. Um. So if, if there's something that you feel, like, in your mind, you're like, hey, I just wish I could do this. Let me know. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe we can talk about it. Or maybe, uh, I'll talk to somebody and we'll see what happens. Um, but from the bottom of my heart, I, I, I mean, from the bottom of my soul, my feet, like, I don't know, just everything in me, I am with you. I'm here for you. And I, I mean, you can talk to any student that I've ever had, any, I've been in this game a while. I've only practiced social work for three years, but I've coached football now for nine years. You can talk to any student, any player that I've ever had. Some of them are my age now. I don't know how that happened. Um, <laughs> my first year coaching football, I was fresh out of high school and I was coaching eighth graders. And at the time, that seemed like a huge age gap. And now I think those kids are, like, they they might be graduating college right now. Um and so, obviously, they're not my age, but certainly, you know, we're at a very similar point in life. And um, I'm still, I would still do anything for those those young people. Um, so, it, this is not the, I will do anything for you that I can. For the rest of time, you, just by being my student, just by being in, my, in the building that I represent and that I uh, work so hard for you will forever have my admiration and respect so if there's anything that I can do for you now going forward next year a year from now ten years from now please reach out to me Um, I I guess I don't know what else to say I, I mean this is just this sucks this sucks but what's important to keep in mind uh, there are days that things seem hopeless i know that i went through pretty much an entire week of it last week and it just it felt hopeless to say the least um but i went for a run today big one and at the end of my run I ran past this household in not not uh, so I know River Falls pretty well. That's my that's where I live. And um so there's a lot of parts of River Falls. There's a a part that is very well to do, you know. They, they, these people they they make a good living. Um and this was it very much so in like the middle class part of River Falls, okay? You know, they make a comfortable living, you know, but they're certainly not you know, the most fortunate people in town. and uh, I ran past, and they had like this outdoor cabinet, is the way I would describe it. And um, I'm sorry, I't I get emotional as I talk about this, because I just it it did so much for me when I saw it. but um, so it was like this outdoor cabinet, and there was this tarp over it, and at the top in a handwritten sign, that said Little Free Pantry. And it was open. And this thing was loaded with like canned goods and food for people that might need it at this time. And it's gestures like that, that let me know that we are going to come out the other side of this thing stronger than ever before um, i know that it's easy to get wrapped up in the bad statistics and the bad news stories all? that's all we've been hearing about yeah we now have you know pretty much twice as many deaths as the second the country in second place um you know we, we our best uh our best idea to Uh, combat this illness is to start injecting people with Lysol or whatever you know we've all heard all these stories right and there's times that it seems so hopeless Um, but when you get to see the good side of humanity out of something like this um, focus on that focus on the good people that's one of the messages from one of my favorite people that ever lived Fred Rogers he said in in times like this you need to focus on the helpers and I don't know just running past that pantry and seeing just like the wide variety of food in there uh f- for people that i maybe need it right now like that's just i I can't even fathom how kind and caring um that is uh, i mean that's that's what builds community that's what gets us through things like this. And so, also, side note: uh, moving forward in your lives, please consider being that kind of person. Like, if you have the resources, um, you know, consider consider looking out for the smaller guys and the and and, uh, the people who maybe don't have as much and maybe aren't as fortunate. I think that um every every day you get a chance to see uh, empathy and um those are the things that spread hope and, and um you know, those are the things that let us know that we're gonna get through all this. Um and you know, just they're just gestures that cannot be measured. And I, I think it's important to focus on things like that. So um We're going to all be okay. Everybody's going to come out of this stronger. This is going to be a life-changing experience for everybody. It's something that we're going to talk about forever and ever. Um, But we're all going to be okay.